Okay, we're going to begin this story. It's called The Earthquake That Shook Me Out of Bed. It's taken from Itzerum Life, Book 4, Volume 2, Northcote, 1998 to 2008. It all happened on the morning of the 27th of February, 2008. We know the exact date, as all this is now part of the modern history of the county of Lincolnshire in the UK. By this time, we'd been using our little house in France for the last five years as a holiday recovery centre to help us maintain our sanity in those difficult times. The horse centre was bumping along and managing to survive despite all the challenges that were thrown at it by bureaucracy and local government. I promised Ruth I would consider retirement as this was to be my 64th year but did not realise just how close it was to reality and we had just received a flying visit from the priest who looks after the little church close to our second home in France and runs the English-speaking services there every month. There was no pre-warning of this event, as is the case with most earthquakes. It was that very night after Geoffrey Coleman and his good lady wife had departed. Whether this was significant <laughs> stuck in my mind for many weeks afterwards. We went to bed as usual, but very soon after midnight I was awoken by the whole room shaking. It's a very strange feeling to see furniture beginning to move, although it is normally well anchored. Your head begins to spin as the very air is shaking violently. Even the walls and the ceilings were shaking. I did not have time to think about the horses in the yard outside, but on reflection they did not seem too disturbed, as they were not actually inside a building with four walls. It's the mo it's being confined bit that increases the effect. You're, sh you're within this shaking room and not able to control anything at all, especially the bed, which was doing its best to shake me out onto the floor. The noise was also very unusual, very much like a noisy express train, but the only problem being there had not been any trains in our vicinity for over 40 years since Dr. Beeching closed all the local railways. A veritable whooshing and swooshing accompanied the shaking, which stopped just as suddenly as it had started. Quite abrupt, just stillness and quiet, after complete and utter terror. It was only it only lasted it only actually lasted about ten seconds. We were told afterwards, but it seemed to go on forever. Once everything was quiet, we staggered to our feet and looked around. Our heads were still turning with dizziness after being subject to the effects of the whole world around us, shaking like some huge body had taken a grasp of our whole locality and was determined to shake it upside down and then downside up, all in a matter of seconds. The night was dark everywhere we looked, Gazing from our bedroom windows, there was nothing to see. I don't know how we expected normal power services to continue working. But we tried the electric switches anyway. Nothing. It gradually dawned on us that we had been subject to an earthquake. 
except earthquakes, do not happen in our part of the world. The last one had been in the 11th century and brought down large chunks of the beautiful cathedral at Lincoln. We went out and reassured the animals that everything seemed normal once more and they could go back to sleep. Not much chance of that for us though. We just could not wait to see what disaster would be revealed by the daylight. Dawn showed a world little changed on the surface, for us anyway. As power was restored, we could link up to the media and find out how the rest of our local rural community had fared. In fact, the earthquake centre had been about 12 miles away as the crow flies, but I suppose which I suppose is the correct way to look at it as earthquakes do travel in straight lines. Obviously, the towns had been hit hardest, with house walls and roofs being demolished. In the town of Gainsborough, whole rows of houses had suffered severe damage. The cathedral at Lincoln got off lightly, as did most of the city, but in the countryside around, closer to the epicentre, there were several churches that lost towers and many had large cracks in their ancient structures. It wasn't until later in the day that we happened to look at our own house. We have two chimneys. One is quite tall and thin and unsupported and comes from a log burner in our sitting room. Strange as it may seem, this one survived unscathed. The other is much newer and shorter and stumpy but much wider and is the flue to our wood-burning cooker and central heating boiler in the kitchen. This one had a large crack from the very top of its edge that holds the chimney pot right down to the level of the roof. This was our only apparent damage. All the outbuildings came through unscathed. Underground, though, was anyone's guess. The earthquake actually measured 4.8 on the official scale, which is quite big and would have had dire effects in really built-up areas. It was 18.4 kilometres deep in the earth, quite a long way down, 12 miles in fact. Insurance payouts afterwards mounted to over £30 million. There's a few facts here. The British Geological Survey described the earthquake as an extremely large earthquake in UK terms, but not large in world terms. Approximately 200 earthquakes occur in the UK every year, um, 175 of which are too weak to be noticed by humans. A total of nine aftershocks were recorded after this event in the February. The largest, measuring 2.8 on the official scale, occurred around five weeks after the initial event on the 5th of April. The earthquake was caused by the sudden rupture and motion along a strike-slip fault, that's the official terms, 18.6 kilometres, 12 miles beneath Lincolnshire. Incidentally, history also tells us the following. The earthquake of the 15th of April 1185 in the region of the East Midlands was one of the largest and most damaging earthquakes the British Isles had ever encountered. The magnitude had been estimated around 5 uh, on the official scale. Some think the epicentre of that earthquake was close to Nottingham in the East Midlands. The epicentre has also been suggested to be in or around Lincolnshire. However, it could possibly 
be somewhere near Dogger Bank to the East Midlands, because in those days, of course, they had no means of recording all this. Anyway, there we are. That's um, some interesting facts after the story. We hope you've enjoyed listening to the story, brought to you by Cracker Books, written and read by Keith Sanders. Now, um, we've got a different ending to these stories because we have no shop anymore. Since the COVID uh, affected the whole of the world, we decided to allow free access to all our books, videos, stories um, on the internet. They're all free to download. Um, you can access them by looking at our new website, which is www.itsarumlife.com. That's I-T-apostrophe-S-A-R-U-M-L-I-F-E dot com. There we are. Thank you for listening.